welcome back to the report brought to you by the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Team. I'm Will Smith, an emergency medicine physician in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. We are keeping up to date with the latest research on SARS-CoV-2 and the disease it causes, COVID-19. We bring you real-time data from the research to help guide best practices as the pandemic continues to unfold. For complete summaries and links to each article to review further, please visit our website at covid19lst.org. Here's Jasmine, my co-founder with today's episode. Thanks, Will. And on today's report, we discuss the ethics of using age to create public policies, the signs and symptoms of COVID-19 inflammatory syndrome in children, and the potential biomarkers that may help risk stratify patients with COVID-19. Let's get started. The report for June 9th, 2020. By the numbers, Now over 7.2 million cases have been confirmed with 412,000 deaths. New cases are continuing to be recorded with increasing testing capability around the world. However, over 3.3 million people have recovered. Climate. A case series conducted in Istanbul found that over 50% of healthcare providers working in the COVID-19 care unit had developed hand eczema suggesting that the increased hand hygiene techniques used to combat the transmission of COVID-19 may be leading to these effects. Public health experts in Quebec are optimistic as the Quebec government stated that COVID-19 health care will be covered for all residents, regardless of immigration status. They hope that this could set a precedent to help address the health care concerns of migrants, more than 60% of whom are reporting unmet health care needs at this time. Gerontologists argue that using age to create public policies for controlling the spread of COVID-19 is unjustified in that it reinforces the negative age stereotypes and violates older persons' rights to autonomy. Epidemiology A review conducted by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention in June characterizes the initial spread of COVID-19 in the United States and concludes that community transmission of COVID-19 began in late January or early February of 2020, with the primary strain originating in China and some additional strains likely coming from Europe. An epidemiological study of cases in Shenzhen, China, utilize three parametric models to estimate the serial interval or the time between the symptoms onset of a primary case and a subsequent second case of COVID-19 as 5.9 days. This is shorter than that reported for SARS and MERS and supports a rapid transmission model that necessitates social isolation to control disease spread. A study of 71 hospitalized COVID-19 patients found that nine exhibited elevated lipase levels. However, none of these patients developed acute pancreatitis, suggesting that the presence of elevated lipase levels may not significantly affect clinical outcomes in patients with the virus. A case series in New York describes a group of 17 COVID-19 positive children and adolescents who presented with symptoms of a COVID-19-related inflammatory syndrome and suggests that the pattern of inflammatory markers follows closely with that of Kawasaki disease, and that the pattern of abnormal cardiac findings necessitate long-term follow-up in these patients. Understanding the pathology. 
An author at Montpellier University in France discusses the similarities between Kawasaki disease and the multisystem inflammatory disease reported in COVID-19 cases, and they hypothesize that the dysregulation of neutrophil extracellular traps, which are DNA structures with antimicrobial proteins that trap and kill microorganisms, could be the link between the development of Kawasaki disease and COVID-19. In vivo and ex vivo RNA sequencing of COVID-19 related genes in human tissue and immune cells found that patients who were male, obese, had COPD, hypertension, asthma, or who were smokers had higher expression of ACE2 and CD147. Higher expression of CD147 was also related to increased BMI in older age. And children, they found, had a lower expression of ACE2 related genes. Transmission and Prevention An experiment comparing two methods of disinfection of positive pressure air supply respirators, or PAPRs, found that compared to manual cleaning, mechanical boiling was more than twice as efficient and yielded higher degrees of disinfection. A retrospective cohort study conducted in North London found that 12% of their 631 COVID-19 cases were hospital-associated emphasizing the need for effective preventative precautions in the hospital setting. Management Data from 114 COVID-19 patients in China found that plasma viral load, plasma CRP concentration, as well as serum amyloid A concentrations may be associated with more severe disease. South Korean critical care specialists used external therapeutic temperature modulation in a COVID-19 patient with acute hypoxemic respiratory failure who was experiencing cytokine storm and hyperpyrexia with success. They state that external therapeutic temperature modulation may help avoid more aggressive interventions, such as ECMO. Adjusting practice during COVID-19 Guidelines and recommendations for adjusting clinical practice during the pandemic in today's COVID-19 LST report include emergency services that transport COVID-19 patients, diagnosis of COVID-19 for internists in the outpatient and inpatient setting, patients with psoriasis who require immunosuppressive therapy, protective measures for staff, and therapeutic measures for patients in cases of acute coronary syndrome, prevention of SARS-CoV in lung cancer patients, and triage of patients for bariatric surgery. Out of 1,067 out-of-hospital cardiac arrests, there were 2.2% PCR-confirmed COVID-19 cases and 1.2% COVID-like illness cases between January 1st and April 15th, 2020 at the University of Washington Medical Center, with the prevalence of -of out-of-hospital cardiac arrest higher during the active period of COVID-19 after February 26th. After combining their data with previously reported transmission rates in CPR without use of PPE, approximately 5%, the authors conclude that the rate of rescuer death would be about 1 in 10,000, and thus more lives will be saved with rapid identification of cardiac arrest and immediate use of chest compressions and defibrillation by bystanders without delay for implementation of PPE. R&D Diagnosis and Treatments Detection rates of an enhanced fluorescence assay, or CIFA, and a microsphere immunoassay for IgM and IgG antibodies against SARS-CoV-2 were 20% 
in emergency department patients, but improved to 100% when patients were tested 21 days after symptom onset. This shows promising clinical utility of serological testing, except in the early screening phases at initial ED visits. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Continue to stay informed with us. Read less, do more. With COVID-19, LST.org.